Good evening, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning. How's it, guys? Lots to discuss. Arsenal take on Everton, and we took on a resilient Man City side in the Carabao Cup. You know, let's go on against Everton. Probably about a year ago, Arteta was sitting in the stands as being announced Arsenal boss Everton and Azalotti. You know, at that point, we probably wondered who would be the better deal. A year later, they take on each other, and yeah, what were your thoughts in the game? Uh, it was almost like you know facing the sort of coach and club. You don't really want to face when you already a rat with one win in nine games, and then also you're going into this game with uh, Aubameyang. What was he picked up the injury right in that game? Like uh, I think pre-game or something like that, leading up to the game. Uh, Arsenal, of course, went uh, tried and tested like three four three. Uh, the lineup was Leno holding Louise Tierney in the back, uh, and then um, Maitland Niles, Elneny, Sebayos, and Saka in midfield, and then up front, Pepe, and Ketia, and William. But I mean, even going to the game, I was, you know, from the get go, already uh, skeptical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame you. I had the same feeling, and just, you know, was wasn't happy at all with. The, the way the team was set out. Unfortunately, I think Arteta's hands were tied a bit, but he just didn't feel that this team could go out and get you the three points before the whistle even blew. And I mean, look, from the get-go, <clears throat> Everton, I mean, look, as they've been uh, doing all season, fast out of the blocks, um, Arsenal playing in a very conservative style, you know, almost like trying to sit back, let uh, Everton take over, but it was also the thing that you and I have been mentioning over the past months now with the way Arsenal have been playing. Um, you know, the employees giving the opponent the ball, but it's not like we end up, uh, you know, sitting so deep. It's not like you end up having to be camped in your own box because the ball is just not coming out of your own half. So, of course, everything are just, you know, cranking up the pressure. And, I mean, they were playing quicker. They were sh- uh, doing, you know, uh, also, like, Arsenal were also trying to shut down passes. But, I mean... The, the sort of quickness that Everton are going through, the, the gears when they're knocking the ball about. I mean, you can see Arsenal are in a, in a major dilemma. Yeah, you, you could see Arsenal were lacking creativity, lacking ideas. And, you know, you just we had no answer almost. I mean, you had Nketiah leading the line. I mean, you know, what did you expect was going to happen? Mm. So, yeah, 22nd minute uh, break, break for the Blues. Um... Davis finds Iwobi, and I mean, Arsenal almost like kind of switch off because it's almost like the midfield and some of the forwards that normally do the, say, a bit of tracking back. It's almost like they just leave it to the, the defenders' devices, like, you know, you guys are on your own now. Uh, Iwobi then manages to somehow pick out, um, or, or attempts to pick out uh, Calvert-Lewin. But I mean, in the, in the attempt to intercept by Rob Holding, he ends up just steering the ball past uh, Leno 1 or Everton. And you just thought that same thing of, here we go again. Like, you just didn't have hope. As previous seasons where you think, okay, we're still in this. For but, me, I thought. You know, it's almost like you're waiting for this thing. Ever to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's shit to talk about it like this. But, I mean, it's like you're just waiting for, oh, okay. It's like, you know, there's nothing but of what you have been saying the past few years since we're doing the podcast. You know, you're doing that block of 10 minutes. And I think, okay, 10 minutes, first 10 minutes gone. <laughs> Clean slate still, second 10, and then you think, okay, now we can start aiming for the 30-minute mark, and then, I mean, 22nd minute, you know, that whole plan gets stuffed up. But Arsenal, of course, like from the kickoff again, 
you know, spring to attack more. And Kenya ends up uh, shooting wide. It was a bit frustrating for me because, I mean, I did kind of get worked up for that because when, when you saw the replays also, you actually saw he had way more time than you even thought. And, I mean, you just end up shanking the ball to the corner flag. Yes, if he was Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, yeah. uh, Harry Kane, Son. You know, these guys are top form at the moment. So, yes, they can take that first time and smash it into the roof over the net or either corner. I think he had to take his time, compose himself. And, you know, once again, Arsenal attackers being wasteful in front of goals. And because we create so little chances, you know, you remember Nketiah for missing an opportunity now. And, you know, I mean, strikers miss opportunities. The more they get chances, the more they put away. But Arsenal makes so little chance that if a striker misses a chance, you know, we're talking about it after the game. Yeah. So, 33rd minute, Arsenal end up winning a penalty. Almost like, <laughs> I would say, actually, against the run of play. Uh, Tom Davies ends up, you know, swiping at the ball. But uh, I think he missed kicks. But uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles actually came quite clever through nick the ball off from him and, you know, almost like knew he was going to get sort of contact. Gets clipped. Uh, ref gives him a penalty, even after the VAR checks, you know, everything was cool. Uh, Pepe then steps up and he uh, sends uh, Pickford the wrong way. 1-1. And, you know, I, I sound like a broken record, but at this point you're thinking to yourself, you know, maybe, you know, we can snatch a point or hold on and maybe the players can, you know, push on and have that bit of extra belief and confidence in themselves to maybe snatch a second. And you know, one thing I also want to bring up, I mean, one guy that's also been catching my eye, and I think I mentioned him, I think sometime, could be even last season at some point, um, the, uh, Godfrey, that, that one centre-back yes. covering as a left-back for the day, since I think they had quite a few injuries, Dinia was out. Uh, I mean, the way, look, he's not, he was there, I think they said something like that, it was the first time playing at left-back. He, Totally owned Pepe for almost like the full direct, you know, the duration of Pepe's time on the field. Because, I mean, I thought to myself, look, uh, it's a new uh, youngster. He's not really accustomed to that role. So, you know, maybe Pepe is going to take him on, you know, kind of bamboozling. That guy was leaving everything Pepe was doing. And I thought to myself, you know, tune up your skill set or something <laughs> past this guy. I mean, Pepe was anonymous again. I mean... It's, it's frustrating now. I, I've, I've got to a point now, you know, where I think it's time, you know, January, maybe get the nearest better because it's all good and well. Pepe plays in the Europa League and, you know, dazzles there. But when it comes to matches that matter, he, he just goes missing completely. I mean, he, he, Aubameyang was out. Um, there was no luck as it. So you're kind of, you know, hoping he's going to take the mantle of, of, of leading the line. But, not leaving the line, but, you know, being a big figure in attack. But, like you said, Godfrey just had him in his pocket all day. But, you know, what I didn't get also of of the sort of, of, of mindset of, of Pepe, he ends up almost like just hugging the touchline the whole time. He does nothing to run inside. He, not, he does not add anything into the box. You know, like, when we were attacking on the left flank, uh, you know, whooping crosses in, you never saw you making a sort of run or dart into the box to, you know, add an extra body there. He just stands on the touchline. And I mean, Alan Shearer was almost like, you know what, little bits of he had. He even said it was getting on his nerves how you've got, you, I mean, you have somebody that, that's already in that price bracket. So you, you're really expecting more. You, you can't be almost like uh, babysat the whole time by by the coach on the touchline being told, you must run here, you must do that. I mean, there comes a time where you as a pro also have to think for yourself when you have to make decisions. 
Yeah, the coach puts you, the coach, like I think Mourinho's documentary, he said, you know, a coach basically, you know, puts the strategy, puts the thing towards the team, you know, the game plan X, Y, and Z, but it comes to the player to execute in that moment and use his own instinct and, you know, to, to take on players. But I'm sure you and I could defend against Pepe because we know, just give him the touchline because he wants to cut in. And when he cuts in, you just put your foot in. That's all he's going to do. I mean, the way I would, if, if I'm just thinking, I, what I would do, is do with him the whole time, since I know he barely wants to do anything on his right foot, I'll just guide him on that right foot constantly because I know he's not going to try to venture, like to beat on the outside. And I think that would be his key if he starts doing more of it. You don't beat people on the outside. He, he might do it, say, from halfway line to midway of the opponent's half, but when it comes to getting into the box, he don't do anything like that. I mean, if you are and Robin or Lionel Messi, good, then fine. You know, just cutting on your left foot, but. It just seems he gets read too easily. He, like you said, he doesn't add a threat in the box when we're coming from the other side. So, you know, you even nullify him coming into his left foot. You know, he's like playing with a man short. And it's, it's, it's so infuriating. It's like, you, like, well, like we just got rid of some, someone like, like Ozil. We, you know, he's been a passenger <laughs> for games. And, then, and now you end up with another uh, one. And he's also almost like he might not uh, be earning what... Uh, Ozil is earning, but I mean, he's again coming from a 72 million bracket, and that is again another headache again for me. I mean, why didn't we pay the extra 8 million for Wolfgang Zaha then? I mean, or oh, there were so many other players. You look at that um, Neto of Wolves or Podence even of Wolves. Yeah. I mean, these guys didn't come in that price. Like, the recruitment of Arsenal is shocking the players. So, I mean, 72 million for Pepe. I mean, we got shafted there. Yeah, and I mean, I think what's all, another person that's also infuriating Arsenal fans at the moment is also Danny Sepagos because he, he's always like wanting to play more so that he can win himself a, a spot say, at Madrid. He's not going to get anything out of Madrid, I can tell you that. I mean, he's probably going to get a, a move like to say Levante or Valladolid. <laughs> Other than that, he, what does he contribute that, that you know makes him deserve uh, a spot in the? You know, instead of the real uh, starting eleven or even making the match they squad, because I don't see anything that, that he's really doing that much. I mean, sometimes yeah, he, he can hold the ball up a bit, but other than that, he holds the ball up. But then, and then what? He does nothing else. So it's almost like this is almost like the expensive version of the Dennis Suarez thing again. <laughs> you you know what? I mean, you know, not not to move far from the game, but Arsenal have become a team, a, a club that has become a home for average players at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you, you you look at our team now. Why isn't Bayern Munich or Barcelona or Real Madrid or anybody knocking on our players' doors? Yeah. They, they don't want it. I mean, Aubameyang probably, you know, they said he rejected X, Y, and Z club for, for joining Arsenal. And yes, I was happy that he signed. But you look at him now, it, it seems like he's lost a yard of pace. And that has been his, you know, main mm. strength, his pace. Nobody probably was looking for 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 Aubameyang at at the salary he probably wanted, and now you 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 be sitting with a lot of players on hand that you know is not pulling the weight a bunch of average guys and is making Arsenal look like an average club. And I mean, for me, like uh, listening to Ars blog the other day also when they were saying, uh, you know, Arsenal they have a bloated squad because yes, like just too many players, and and now it's like you you in a situation where. You you got one entire bandit back because you don't have a um, like a CEO and a and a sporting director that's strong enough to actually just say look you guys are not good enough 
uh, we're going to give you guys almost like a payoff and whatever, and, you know, that would be that, you know, go on, on leave on friendly terms. It's not going to end like that way, because it's going to be almost like ages for us to just get rid of the Wenger era players. Yeah, it's, it's true, and you, you could see the difference of how Everton improved the squad since Angelotti took over. Look at Arteta, how we improved the squad. I mean, you can't just blame Arteta. The, uh, it goes to the recruitment, technical, everything. How was Decore not signed for Arsenal? How did we not look at signing Hamas Rodriguez? How did we not look at signing even Godfrey? Didn't they sign him from Norwich? Or is yeah. am I mistaken? Norwich, yes. They signed him from Norwich. I mean, there's they, they, something horribly wrong. And if you look at it, we, we've become underdogs playing against Southampton. We've become underdogs playing against Everton at Goodison Park, a place where, and a team that we probably beaten probably the most, or not the most, but we always got the better of Everton. They just outplayed us, and, uh, you know, we were lucky it was 1-1, and it wasn't even before long before we switched off again. Yeah, I mean, it all led up to, prior to that, Calvin Lewin ended up forcing uh, Lennon to a good save, because, you know, almost like everybody was kind of backing off him, and he was allowed that, you know, free range to shoot at the goal, but uh, Lennon made a good save. But then, of course, from the ensuing corner, everybody's, you know, again, all over the place, not really picking up, you know, uh, names in the box here of Everton. And, I mean, the ball just gets hit to, hit to the near post, and, I mean, uh, Mina comes through, free run, not even anybody, you know, getting in his way, and just power headers home, 2-1 Everton. Yeah, it was amazing how he just came running, steaming through yes. the Arsenal, Arsenal defence, and they're all just looking around, and then, you know, he just smashes it in without almost any worries on his side, and, you know, like you said, 2-1 Arsenal, and you're asking yourself, ah, is there a way back from this? So second half, Everton again come flying out of the traps. Arsenal immediately again on the back foot, but the, I mean this time they, you know, it was like a rocking in a way because Everton were really, you know, upping the ante. Uh, 53rd minute, David Luiz then on a rare counter attack by Arsenal. Smashes a shot at Everton goal after Pickford ended up fluffing a William cross. But also where that came, Everton were, I don't know if it now was not cockiness or that, but you know, where I was telling you, uh, you know, leading, leading up to the last few games, where I said sometimes like the Southampton, like Southampton or Burnley or, you know, even Spurs, were almost like giving us the ball because they knew we're not going to do anything. This time, Arsenal actually looked way stronger, way slicker on the ball. And I mean, you could see Everton were for this, like I think it was, it could be even a 20-minute period where they were struggling to get the ball just out of their box because Arsenal were really building momentum. Arsenal were like, you know, finally dominating, but still... Failed with that cutting edge, and uh, you know it's becoming almost like a headache-inducing problem now for like, you know as a fan watching Arsenal. With they just don't have that little extra edge that you know takes us to get a goal or or leading up to a, a creation of a goal. Uh, as you said the other day, also, it's not like we just can't buy a goal at the moment. Like you know, like to 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 get the points, I should say for the for a win. I mean, uh, I, I know we used to say we missed Arsenal. I mean, we we always wanted it to be um, more defensive-minded, whatever. But I, I actually missed the you score, we score kind of Arsenal where we used to win 5-2, to 6-4, to four, 1. But it's like, we, you know, after we score that one goal, it's like we're done for the game. We can't do more than that. And it's become almost a recurring theme under Arteta. Yeah, so 64th minute, Willock came on for Alnini. 
which and I mean, I also want to add. I mean, for me, I'll need the last few games. You know, as much as I've been talking him up, you know, since I was like quite positive certain aspects of his game. But I mean, it seems like he's gone back to the El Nini that, you know, wants us to, you know, where we want him out of the door because all he's running was just going backwards, going backwards, going backwards. And I mean, I think Leno lost his shit with, with, with El Nini a few times. Uh, David Luiz was telling him to stop running back because it's like bringing on more pressure on him. And, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know which direction we're going to go also with this because... If, even if Xhaka comes back now from his suspension, he's probably going to just probably walk into the team again since he is uh, Arteta's golden boy. Um, I just don't know how it's going to be because if you've got two guys that are playing or doing a deep role and all they're doing is always running you know, back to our own goal, where is that going to get us? No wonder we don't have creativity in the team. I, I think the likes of Party brought the best out of... Um... Yeah, yeah. Nini. I I think that the problem is you have two other players in either Sebayos or Xhaka that's not going to relieve the pre- like yeah. Nini's game is is to slow things down to an extent. You know, he he will get things ticking if a guy like um, parties with him. You know, will have the legs to rush forward. But Nini's game is not you know to 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 kind of get the game going and flowing if he doesn't have the support. So, yes, he, he probably isn't good enough for Arsenal Football Club. And, you know, we obviously do need a better um, player in that role. But I think we've we've almost become so, we could say, desperate that, you know, Alnenis kind of looked the part when he's played there other times because of how short and how lack of depth we have in the centre of the park. Mm. Yeah. And since nine minute paper then ends up getting at the end of on at the end of a, a pass, he ends up cutting inside. But then, you know, taking a shot, <laughs> fly off, having a drop goal attempt. <laughs> it was again another ch- chance just pushing away. <laughs> What's it's a comparison? Like this at times, but I mean it's like you know that first you know when you, when the, when, a, when a gasket starts, you know, if you don't need some steam and gas just balls and balls and pops. But it's, 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 become, huh? it's become it's become a joke actually. And Arsenal have looked so poor that you can actually see them being relegated. Like I know I sound like I'm exaggerating now, but just the manner in which we ha- we lack that you know that what's the word that stubbornness to lose and that you know we put everything on the line and make it so difficult for you. The players don't look like they they care because. I, if I'm not saying it would happen, but do you think how many of those players do you think will take the first ticket out of the club if Arsenal should get relegated? Yeah, I think the majority of them, like you know, all those guys that want to come with, okay. I with, with all my heart when they get the, if they must play cha- or get the taste of championship football, they'll want to take, as you said, now they'll take the, the first ticket out there, eh? and then you know, all that guys were digging their heels in, I think they're gonna just you know, literally. Sprint out of the front gates of London, Cone. <laughs> so, 71st minute, Martin Daly comes on for Pepe. And I mean, this guy was out, jeez, what, how many months? Was it like a seven months? Since ago? March, since March. And I mean, he comes on, and I mean, immediately you see a sort of rejuvenation in the squad happening. I mean, you know, he looks a bit more energy. I mean, I think where, where I was 
getting somewhat frustrated was you saw his energy and I mean you could see he's trying to fire up everybody else but everybody's on that what you say on like that pedestrian type of level of football so I don't know I don't know what what he's doing or he's not doing but I don't know what more he has to do to get some life out of this club because I mean it needs serious resuscitation no definitely else they're going to drown or suffocate because I mean, it, it can't go on. You know, you ask yourself, you know, is this going to be the game? Is this going to be the game that, that we, you know, kick on? But, you know, you thought after Southampton, you know, maybe something. But you look at Arsenal 2-1 down and, you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't know if we have any Everton fans listening or whatever, but I, I'm sure that they weren't biting their nails as the game went on. I think as the game wore maybe closer to the, to the end, um, <laughs> Maybe then we started putting pressure, but we're relying on our youngsters. I mean, poor Saka as well as to also dig his heels in trying his best to make things happen. I mean, you know, that time, see, by the time that the game is done, you know, you see the seniors mope off and they're busy chit-chatting and, then, and you look at some of the youngsters, they they look totally naked laying out, you know, spread out on the pitch after the game. Because they've been like play, playing themselves into the ground for the club scores and, and the others don't seem to give a toss to the seniors in the squad. So, yeah, the last 10 minutes, you know, was a labor affair. But, you know, the Toffees end up holding on. Arsenal, uh, eighth league defeat, grim days as a gooner. Uh, you know, you kind of, after that defeat, were looking towards the Man City game and thinking, you know, it's a cup game. Form goes out the window, you know. Believe I still, you know, I told you it's a SOS game because as silly as it sounds, for me as a fan, you know, as... Sometimes things aren't going the best in the league, but you and Nico winning the League Cup, you in a semi-final, you're looking forward to Wembley eventually, you know, seeing that playing in a final most likely. And you're thinking to yourself, OK, Arsenal, you know, we haven't been having the best of form. We come to the Emirates, you know, Man City, I saw the team sheet, I saw no De Bruyne, Sterling on the bench, Aguero on the bench, I saw Zinchenko playing at left-back. And you looked at them and you thought to yourself, you know, Arsenal team, Man City team, the two teams don't seem vastly different in quality. I mean, yes, they have the better side, Man City. Mm. But, you know, it wasn't a team that you looked maybe two seasons back. You saw David Silva, De Bruyne, Aguero, Sterling, you know, you name it, Vincent Company at the back. You thought, OK, you know, they have the second string goalkeeper even. You know, possibility, you know, Arsenal could, could maybe... Just hold out even for total penalties. Mm. But I mean, look, the League Cup quarterfinals, uh, the game became, you know, more distraction. I'm like, I'm just speaking now for myself now. Uh, it was for me more distraction when, you know, you think you got like bigger issues on hand, like in the league. And I mean, like, look, of course, you and I differ on that aspect, which I find excellent. So we have, of course, different opinions. Because I know you do treasure, you know, a sort of run in that in the League Cup, whereas I was thinking, you know, if it's, if it's almost like compulsory, then fine. But, I mean, also, like, I wasn't going to be really cut up if we were going to get eliminated. But, I mean, back to the game. Uh, Arteta made a ring of changes. Uh, Runason came in, Cedric, Mustafi, Gabriel, uh, Kolesinac. Then Enzo, Michael, Niles, Elneny, Ceballos. And then Wolok, Martinelli, and Lacazette. Um, what was your take on the lineup for the game? Like I said, you know, it was probably the best that I did. Uh, did. I mean, for me, I think Paolo Marie should have come in for for Mustafi. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know what is happening there, but 
Marie seemed better, and we always spoke about the Gabriel Marie combination. It would have been an opportunity to actually try that. Um, Leno stand, not starting in goal puzzled me since it was a quarter final. So, you know, it was a bit iffy there. But other than that, you no, know, Oteta probably did what he could with the lineup. And I thought, you know, not too far off the Man City team strength wise. And Martinelli starting as well. So I was excited to see him starting. Yeah. So, I mean, one Bailey is comfortable and bang, <laughs> down after 30 minutes. And I mean, that the clowning chief, Mustafi, allows a cross. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing because you've got him, he's actually watching the ball go past his head and Cabral uh, Jesus ends up climbing above, like, you know, rising above him and glancing it. And also, with regards to Runison. I mean, as a goalkeeper, whatever, you're going to try to clear out every, even if it was Mustafi and Jesus, but you don't just stand and, and watch. And I mean, by the time that ball is in and he reacts, the ball is already buried in the net. So, one. <laughs> Man, so they seem to be scoring quite early at the Emirates. Eh? Even that first time when they beat us, what, 3 0 last season. And they've just, you just thought to yourself, oh, are you kidding me? Like, you know, you you pumped up for this game, looking forward to it, and you wandled down before, you know, your seat's even warm. Yeah, so the game goes into a 20-minute city domination. Arsenal, of course, looking really rusty, lackluster performance as per usual. Of course, now by the 30th minute, Martinelli starts taking the game by the scruff of the neck. He starts driving the team forward. And I mean, great work by him, because, I mean, he ends up, funneling himself down the left flank, takes the ball right up to the touchline, you know, takes it, uh, chips it across the six-yard box. The old Man City t- team was kind of ball-watching as the ball floats over, and the ball lands perfectly for Lacazette to guide a 1-1 with a header. Yeah, and you, you know, you think it is, uh, okay, you know, I'm always thinking to myself these days when Arsenal's equalizing because it's, it's become the recurring thing. I'm like, okay, Hold out till half time, you know, and it's another 45 minutes. We can take it from there. Anything can happen. But, you know, Arsenal just seemed that goal kicked him into life. And I thought, oh, could we be onto something here? Arsenal were now, of course, playing more positive now. Uh, Man City keeper Stefan ended up kicking a, like a, I think it was a goal kick or something. He kicks it straight at Willock. Willock, of course, reacts too slow because I, I just think to myself, if you pull a stunt like that with any of that, I mean, and I mean any of the top six, they're gonna punish you. It's not gonna, not ifs and buts. They're going to punish you. But I mean, he, Wallach ends up taking the ball. He's only like trying to get the ball under control on his feet, and then he tries to lay a, uh, you know, uh, almost like a simple layoff pass. And I thought to myself, you know, usually I'm just either taking a touch and smash it, or taking a touch and you know, like draw some of them closer to you, and then he just sort of, uh, you know, almost like a forty-five. Or just smash the ball across the six-yard line. But, yeah, we end up, you know, kind of missing or fluffing that chance. 41st minute, then Runason pulls off a fantastic save to deny Jesus just before halftime. And, I mean, this is the sort of moments that we always know that Arsenal yeah. only, you know, conceding that zone. Yeah, and, you know, going into the half 1-1, you know, I thought to myself, 1-1 ah, is the possibility that, you know, 45 minutes just try to be solid. Don't make mistakes, and you know, who knows what could happen. You could take Man City to penalties, since there's no extra time. Yeah, but I mean, I just want to touch on a, a point just close to half time where Martinelli gets a fantastic ball from Willock. He ends up, you know, beating, I think, the whole, just about the whole uh, city defense with a run. 
And I think I already thought he was going to now skip and control the ball past Stefan, who came out, you know, racing out of the area. But Stefan ends up, you know, almost like charging the ball down, but ends up getting also a heavy touch in on Martinelli, who, you know, leaves the Arsenal player, you know, in pain on the deck. So, I mean, the, end of the first years end up coming on, and I mean, you can already see the, a little bit of blood already dripping through the his sock. So, I mean, I think he kind of weathered the one or wanted to weather the storm. He ends up coming off. Uh, we go into halftime, comes on second half, he's again starting. But then, of course, I think you can see the pain was like caught up to him because I think he lost some like four minutes. And then you saw him hit the deck again because then I think the pain, pain was probably too excruciating for him. And then as the muscle of my favorite side, Pepe warming up or coming on to, to, to the rescue. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's all like that, that when you have sometimes a bad dish and you get that gas that comes up. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of weird pain that comes up to your chest. So I was already feeling like that. But I mean, uh, we end up, you know, kind of, the game ends up a bit scrappy for a while as, you know, everything gets stabilized in the second half. Then, of course, uh, kind of cheap freaky given away by Arsenal. So, of course, Arsenal lining up. And this is not <laughs> what I want to make. Look, I've played goalkeeper in different aspects, like like school, club, and, and things like that. And, and sometimes I used to uh, play those chunks where I would play goalkeeper. In all my life, I've never seen a guy set up a wall and then he stands by the one post and he just fixes himself to that post. So I'm thinking to myself, because I, I would like my, my kids and, and my wife was watching with, and I told them, if Maris wants to, all he has to do is just chip that ball over the wall. He doesn't need to be power in, just chip it, because n- no way in hell that keeper's going to go from that one post and get, him, get himself across that, that whole stretch of the goal line. And, I mean, Maris ends up hitting a, a shot which is, ends up being a straight shot of of all, not the one of a, uh, those bending ones. There's nothing, real, no, nothing, no frizz or spin on that ball. It goes straight at Runason, and he decides to do what, what you always hear them say, like in England, about a continental type keeper. He tries to punch a ball, which is about, going about roughly chest height if he jumped, and he ends up, you know, punching the ball, and it, of course, spins off the top of his knuckle, and it spins back to the ball. <laughs> 2-1 Man City, I mean, I would have actually given it more of our own goal to Runison. Just, you know, disgraceful goalkeeping, sorry to say. And I just thought to myself, oh, you know, the good times just keep on coming. I mean, a time when we don't need to be giving away goals, so we just handed Man City a goal. I mean, it had to be tough to beat, make things difficult, but, you know, 2-1 Man City, and then I did, for me, at that point, I felt, you know, that was a little too far, really, going 2-1 down, especially in the manner. You just saw players' heads drop as well after that. Yeah, because I mean, I felt, as you said, um, I also felt positive when it was 1 1. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't bringing it up or whatever, but I, I did feel positive seeing it at 1 1. But for me, I know sometimes they say, you know, 2 1, you're still in the game, and that, but for me, that 2 1, as you said, and that I also picked up from the, the you know, the vibe of the team, everybody's heads dropped after that, that blunder. And I mean, and you knew it was just by how much Austin are going to beat us now. Yeah, and, and there was nobody that went to Runison and took him. I don't know, maybe I didn't see it. But I just, you know, kind of spoke to him and said, don't worry about it. You know, if there's a mistake, forget about it. People just left him on his own and just carried on. And you're thinking to yourself, is there any camaraderie in this team, actually? And then, I mean, barely with five minutes, uh, Fernandinho, fantastic pass downfield. I mean, 
talaga sa wish granted siya ka kinte ka page out of that guy he ends up you know it's a sort of pass that dissects the old Arsenal squad gets in full fold and I mean he's always been your fave from the early FIFA days yeah he ends up you know peeling off the the Arsenal defense gets the ball gets into the box and I think again a, a bit too early by Ronaldo he ends up throwing himself like you know committing himself to the ground and by the time he does that full fold and just ends up dinking the ball over him three one. Yeah, that's, he, he's truly a talented man that you have in the end. I mean, I think he would probably be taking the big David Silver kind of role and, you know, 3-1 Arsenal, I mean, 3-1 Man City and you. But I mean, not not to take also anything away from but I mean, with, with the replays, it also did show that he was offside because, I mean... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Don't yes, do yes. the whole VAR thing. But I mean, I'm not going to try to make an excuse because, I mean, they, it was well-deserved anyway because, I mean, they had to also carve themselves these chances to punish us anyway. And and with the Arsenal, we've become accustomed to three one down. You thought yourself game over. Yeah, I mean, by now City is of course running the show as Arsenal, and we're now just chasing shadows and you know waiting for full time. Uh, after then, ends up making now you know the, the late subs, you know trying to somehow get something out of the game. So he brings on uh, Emil Smith Rowe for El Nini, and I mean again another poor game by El Nini. Brought nothing really positive to the squad. Uh, and then, I mean, 73rd minute, Laporte ends up, uh, you know, I was like hanging. I think they had a corner. And then he ends up thinking, okay, I'm just going to, I think Maguire <laughs> sometimes does it as well. Where they'll sometimes just hang, you know, add an extra body with you. But they'll just hang out in front of it for a while before they have to track back. And I mean, by that time, a cross, come, the, uh, cross comes in. And I'm mean, an easy, easy, you know, uh, uh, almost like a nod down either by uh, Laporte and 4-1. No, right, uh, you just thought the good times just keep on coming. 4-1 down at home against Man City. It's just become, we've just become such a, a joke of a team at the moment. And I'm sorry to say that. And mm-hmm. it was infuriating just sitting there and watching your club get yeah. dismantled by Man City. Yeah, I mean, look, Balogun then came on 77 men for Lacazette. But I mean... It was almost like, you know, done and dusted already. Because, I mean, just the way you could see also the confidence that City were knocking the ball around and we looked completely empty. I mean, there was no, no nothing really to talk about. Because even when there were little, you know, little fits and starts by us or little breaks coming our way, it was either Pepe with a heavy touch or, you know, that's what they're doing, doing something totally, you know, wrong. So, you know, City is on to the uh, semifinals now. Uh, you know, I wish them also well going into that because I mean they will also be they're also the reigning champions and I mean they always you know give the all in every trophy they're not like us that you know make too much or too many changes but I mean very like from my perspective now very disappointing but I mean the league needs to also get now full priority now. And speaking of the league we take on Chelsea who um, they made a I saw a video or probably a picture where they said um, you know Chelsea. Um, looking sa- like a sad face of Chelsea when they realise, flip, they're playing a sixth place team or a team that's normally in the top six since we know we've always been there and there about. And then they realise Arsenal's 15th in the league and they start celebrating. So it's almost like, you know, Chelsea are already planning to come and take the points at the Emirates Stadium, which they did last season. Also around about this time under Arteta's reign. Yeah, I mean, look, just previewing this is already tough for me. I mean, I'm sure it's yeah, no, it's difficult. That listeners also, it's like you know, but But I mean, because uh, because one is trying to 
also do this podcast to be bring some sort of positivity and that because I mean there's a lot of negativity and and toxicity, especially with the, what's going on when you hear some of what's happening with the team, you know, behind the scenes with it. But I mean, now well and truly, you know, we in a in a, in a bottom five scrap, you know, facing fifth place Chelsea, and you know, the bizarre thing is, we've now like after the last out of the last five, we've lost uh, three out of the five, and Chelsea. I mean, they also getting some sort of weird. Uh, rocket or a weird patch at the moment because they now also out of the last five they lost two, so they also like you know they got sucker punched a few times because I think the Everton game they really got suckered, and then um, Wolves I think also close to injury time they end up also conceding there, so it seems like they also have again that little bit of you know that wobble for that spot that we always talk about where we have that sort of lack of concentration. But I mean, look, the danger man. At the moment, strangely, is Chilwell at left-back, because, I mean, he's contributing a lot, and I think to keep him silent is going to really be an effort and a half. Uh, Mason Mount, of course, is always there, and then, I mean, Timo Werner. He might not score, but, I mean, he's, I think, leading the assists, and, I mean, I think he's third in, in the goal-scoring charts, because Tabby Abram leads the line there, and, and Kurt Zuma, of all people, is second there with also four goals. And Pulis is also a handful, and I think he'll be looking for revenge for Arsenal after that FA Cup final. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just hope it's a, a good game. And I, uh, look, I, I'm not going to ask much, and I mean, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to do way, way in the head predictions or whatever. But I mean, I just hope put a sort of fight or fighting performance that, you know, will really get the fans behind it. Because, I mean, right now, it, it's like, uh, so the, uh, the attitude I'm picking up from the players is like, uh, you know, we couldn't give a toss. And for me, like I was telling my other friends also, you know, if you're not going to try, then why should we try? Because it's like you're trying to get behind everybody and, that, and you're still seeing this, almost like this limp, weak or gutless performances where, I, I mean, we didn't really go into it now, but look how many times we've not seen where those 50-50 challenges, our guys are always pulling out or backing away from it. And yeah, at, 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 for me, at, it's not a good thing, uh, uh, you know, thing for 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 president for for the fan base because I mean, you want to see we might be you know down in the doldrums there, but I mean, you want to see us also fight our way out of it. But I mean, if you see people wave the white flag that early in the game, then you don't have the energy to be rooting for them. I mean, you love the club, yes, but I mean, when you see the because I mean, for me, the players are the problem, and I mean, this is now going to now lead us also to. The talking point section now of the podcast, where I just think, you know, this is not my point of view. You know, to correct the situation, even if if it if it means that you know you need another change to keep Arteta at all costs. Because look, I'm also split on it. I don't know if it's enough for the good to keep him or rather to you know just let him go because you also don't want to have a um, you know, almost like a newbie manager. In a, in a relegation scrap, because I mean, that could also ruin him forever. Like, you know, you, you the sort of because look at a relegation scrap, you also need to have that, that like Venga used to say, the mental strength side of things. And I just don't know if, if it's something like, look, this is his first big gig, like, uh, you know, with his head coach and, and manager. If he's, you know, really got it to, to, you know, use a squad that's already, I mean, it's already split into two to three camps. If he can actually rally him somehow, but I mean, my. What I was not trying to continue is, I just think the shit stirrers in the club, you know, need to be booted out completely. And this is where people like Edu and Vinay and even the board should get 100% say behind Arteta then. Because 
you can't go on with, you know, uh, this one is doing that, and and or, or almost like the certain players, and I think you and I mentioned last week, where the so that the core of the players, I'm not talking about the youngsters, the core of the the seniors, they have more loyalty say to the Urzels and Socrates are there. No, then, yeah. You know, then it's, it's, like, it's, it's, look, I don't have a problem if you don't like the coach or whatever, but you're still going to, you know, you know, you fight for the club and the honour for the club. You don't just come from, because for me, I mean, I, I don't, don't want to sound too conspiratorial, but I mean, when you have people like from Chelsea that come there, and, and it's like, you know, this sort of work ethic when they were Chelsea, and they come there now to Arsenal, and it's almost like sun nets and, and, and umbrellas and whatever. The, so you actually wonder, I mean, like even... Or who came up with the idea, even if say like back in the day with Czech, or now with with, with Louise, who was already, uh, you know, uh, almost like era prone, and and William that that now shows a sort of side of that you don't even know of, of him in football. He's just Mister Casual or Mister Stroller. Yeah, and it's like you know, I don't mean to disrespect LA Galaxy, but we almost become like that LA Galaxy type of club or the MLS, where you know the players are coming to 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 retire at at the club. Yeah, and I mean for me, Edo needs also to take full blame here as well because look, Sony is now not there anymore, but I mean he, the sort of business he was doing as well in the name of Arsenal Football Club. With all these, like, almost like at times, what would we call, we would call, like, say, shady agents. So it's not like we, it was like left with, with, you know, scraps. Because it's, uh, yes. it's like we, you know, or, or sort of, when you look at the ego of the players also, they got the sort of ego that they are all like God's gift to football. And it's like, you're not that good. I mean, you're a star and that you're a pro, or should say a pro, but you're not a, a superstar. You're not going to, like, you know, set the world alight because. If you were, as this is now what you and I were discussing before we even did the podcast, then people like Barcelona or and then would have been knocking on the door already by now. If you're that special, yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, Flip, you know, we, it's a pity with the Palmeiras. It's almost like we signed him four years too late. Yeah. Because imagine him in the side of Sanchez Ozil in the form, you know, the players to play around him, Santi Cazorla. It's Arsenal's become almost a breeding ground for average players. I mean, it's almost like when Aubameyang was firing, the whole almost club was lifted with his with his presence and performance. But now there's just nothing. Like I, like I said to you or asked you a message, is this the same jersey that Patrick Vieira, Robert Perez, Dennis Bergkamp, Tony Adams, you know, Lee Dixon, you name it, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, or oh, this is is this the same jersey that and the same club that those legends played for? You know what I couldn't believe the other day watching uh, like the Carabao Cup game. We we into that uh, the start of the second half, and the the players are standing on the off like Lacazette. The camera switched to Lacazette and Maris, and they are busy having a chat, waiting for the ref to blow. And I'm thinking to myself, as you said, now we would even see say somebody like Vieira and them doing that before, like a, a, you know a big game like that. A quarterfinal game, and and you busy having a little chit chat with 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 your opponent. That's why I mean I I got like <clears throat> this is now going to lead me now to the final point where for me this team must be rebuilt around people like Leno, Gabriel, Saka, Tierney, and Martinelli. I mean and I, party I, and party. Sorry, yeah, but I'm I'm not really I don't know I'm not really concerned with Obama because when you see that sort of you know, lack of effort now. So it's almost like, look, luckily he got now a sort of 
what was it, two, three-year contract? So, I mean, you can still, there's still value for money in it if you want to, you know, offload him. Because I, I still think you're going to need, for if for a project like Arteta is what he has planned to work, or I think any coach that also comes in, you're going to need people like that, that uh, the names I mentioned, that can, that you know you, it's going to go to war with you. Because some of the others, they almost like the ones that are trying to either hide behind you or they don't even pitch up on the day. So, you know, Arsenal will have, you know, uh, I think January is going to be very, very important for us. So, I mean, do you have any other talking points before we run? No, I've, 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 we've spoken and touched on most of it, even, you know, yeah. before the talking points section. Yeah. So, I wish you guys a fantastic Christmas period. You, Aiden, as well, as well as the rest of the families of Africa. For all our listeners all over the world, we hope you guys have an enjoyable Christmas. Stay safe as well. Uh, we're going to take a break for a few days. We will be back again next week. I mean, we're on, on all social media as well. If you can find us on Canada Talk, even on Amazon Podcast, you can also find us there. But I mean, Aiden, I'm sure you will also send out the you know various notifications of yes. you can find our podcast. So guys, take care, enjoy. Bye. Cheers. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone.